the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield. Strewn with debris of a fallen world, it challenges even the hardest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. And step into As a colonel in the Marine Corps Reserves with numerous combat deployments, Richard Mendelow has walked dangerous ground in peacetime and in war. Join us for the next 30 minutes as he and his guests shed light on this critical intersection on spiritual combat and on the rules of engagement for courageous Christianity. And here's your host, Richard Mendelow. Friends, welcome. It's Saturday, and I'm so happy to be back with you this morning to talk about courageous Christianity in the intersection of our faith and this troubled world. I'm joined by Christy Stratton, my loyal wingman, and we're looking forward to a fantastic show. Hello, everyone. Hi, Richard. Did you notice that every time I introduce you as my wingman, I have a different adjective? I have. I'm They're all like, true, though. Oh, thank They're you. They're all true. She's an angel. <laughs> Friends, in the last episode, we covered some difficult military concepts and terminology. We talked about the four levels of war, from the political to the tactical. We talked about the devil's insurgency against God and about cognitive warfare as a conflict over the truth. Today, we're going to continue in this direction as we talk about our opportunity as God's faithful warriors on the spiritual battlefield in response to to the devil's efforts to overthrow God. In military terms, this response is called counterinsurgency. Sounds easy. You got insurgency and you got counterinsurgency. Sounds easy, but it's hard. In spiritual terms, it's called Christianity. Christianity is counterinsurgency. We are trying to help people to a decision while modeling the benefits of the right decision, which in our hearts is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Reader's Digest version of this show, if you get nothing else, Christianity is counterinsurgency. And guess what? Counterinsurgency is hard. When we look at our faith in this context, so much will become more clear. If you love God, want to be a stronger and more courageous Christian, and have an interest in the military perspective of things, you'll enjoy what we have planned for you today. Before we step into today's topic, I do need to share with you that as a colonel still serving in the Marine Corps Reserves, I have to preface my comments by saying that these are my personal views and they do not necessarily represent the Department of Defense or the Department of the Navy. Let us pray. Lord of all creation, we come to you today seeking understanding so that we may be more effective in our faith. Help us to know your ways and to discern a righteous path as we strive to glorify your name, that those in darkness may see your light by our reflection of you. 
And help us all, O Lord, to know your truth as we pray today for your words and your will. We seek you in the name of your courageous Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So insurgency is an attempt to overthrow the established regime. I have to make a disclaimer up front. I'm going to read a couple of these passages to ensure that I say it carefully and right. What we're doing here today is the absolute basis of everything that will come after. The devils and his people are the insurgents. We are the counterinsurgents. ISIS seeks to overthrow the government of Iraq. Al-Qaeda seeks to overthrow the government of Afghanistan. And the devil wants to overthrow God and destroy everything he values. They are insurgents. Counterinsurgents seek to prevent these overthrows. In the case of Christians, the established order necessarily comes from the creator of the universe. God made the world, he made the rules for it, and he blesses those who seek him in faith. Insurgency and counterinsurgency are forms of irregular warfare. Irregular warfare is a violent struggle for legitimacy and influence over a relevant population. I'll say that again. Legitimacy and influence. Vietnam taught us that this is more about winning hearts and minds than destroying or killing. Vietnam, Iraq, and Afghanistan also taught us that irregular warfare is very hard. Irregular warfare is hard because the good guys have rules of engagement, but the bad guys don't. I have firsthand experience with the bad guys and their lack of rules. From burning schools to hurting women who tried to speak out to putting IEDs in villages to intimidate. The bad guys can lie, intimidate, and destroy. When Hitler took over Germany to fully topple the Republic and set himself up as a dictator, he burned the Reichstag building, which is like our capital, and he blamed it on the communists. He then instituted martial law to defend the people from the communists, and the people accepted it. This is the type of behavior of insurgents. The devil is also not constrained by the means he chooses. Destruction is easy. For example, the at to attack the truth, with a capital T, that's God's truth, the devil attacks the Bible to cast doubt, and at the same time he uses the media and the internet to propose alternative truths. And as we know, he has been effective. Those who do not cling to God and his ultimate truth are completely confused. They have fallen for the devil's schemes and believe now that everything is relative, that everything is gray, and that there is no black and white. Once God's truth is questioned, the door is wide open. But that isn't all. The devil attacks marriage by fostering an openly sexual culture. He attacks family by attacking marriage. And as our families are torn apart and our children become vulnerable, he attacks them with sex, drugs, video games, and TV. I know this is hard to hear, but it's true. Just watch the news. See what's going on in this nation. Watch the sex on display during the Super Bowl halftime show. Watch the overtly progressive commercials shown during family TV hours. The devil is attacking everything God values. And that brings us to counterinsurgency, our opportunity in Christ, Christianity, aptly named Christy, since we've been discussing this subject. Has your understanding of Christianity been affected 
emboldened, altered in any way? Absolutely. It's empowered me. Explain. So I, I, I kind of state, and we're coming into uh, April soon, and that will be 20 years for me as a Christian where I turned my life over. Um, before then, I was seeking, searching. And I've grown little, I would say, tiny, tiny baby steps. But as I look back, there's been kind of phases of where I've grown closer and different things that have brought me, you know, brought me to God closer. But since we've been talking about this, it's a different perspective and it's brought me more into the word. It's brought me more into conversations about it um, and even with, with yourself and with other people. And so I feel stronger. I feel strengthened. I feel more courageous and even to the point where, um, dare I say, fearless. I love that. I was driving once. And I said to the person I was driving with, I'm afraid of my car breaking down because I don't know how to fix it. If I knew how to fix it, I wouldn't be afraid of it breaking down. I think the same is true of Christianity. Mm. If we understand the battlefield, we fear it less. We understand Mm. how things work. And we can take more opportunities and be fearless, knowing that we are children of a loving God. So there's a couple different metaphors or images associated with counterinsurgency. You can talk about it as helping people to a decision, putting them to a decision even, in terms of the way you display yourself. You can talk about it as winning hearts and minds. You can talk about it as leadership by example. Which image do you prefer? I think leadership by example. Why is that? You know, when I hear putting people to a decision, I hear that that moment where it does bring up fear. It's like, oh, I'm, you know, what we hear, I think, in the religiosity of, uh, let's try, try to say that again, the religiosity of of Christianity is, we're, we're told often, is we must go and, you know, tell people about Jesus. And I think if you don't feel like you have a solid understanding of that, then to always be hearing, well, you must go do this and you don't really know how to do this, kind of what you're saying about the car, then you, um, then it's hard. It's really hard. And so you shy away from it. So leading by example to me is I'm going to make the choices to follow God on a daily basis. I'm going to read the Bible. And I think I've said this before. One of the greatest compliments I think I can get in what I do in the world is if somebody comes up and says, are you a Christian? Because they've seen me act in such a way that is so counterculture, and they're wondering, like, what does she have? Absolutely. I like the leadership by example because it goes with that one saying I heard, which says, preach 24 hours a day, use words if necessary. Mm. (coughs) Excuse me. Yeah, that's really good um, because it's saying everything that you do is people are watching, right? And everything that you say people are watching, but sometimes it's not what you say. It's uh, what I was bringing me to action speaks louder than words. Actions speak louder than words. Absolutely. So we've talked about the fact that counterinsurgency is offensive and defensive. In Afghanistan, as my team was training, I said to them, there are soft skills and hard skills. The hard skills are to shoot, move, and communicate, to survive on the battlefield. The soft skills are 
negotiation, cultural understanding, uh, personality, familiarity with the language. If you don't have the hard skills, you won't survive on the battlefield to deliver the soft skills. And if you don't have the soft skills, there's no point in being on the battlefield. Our faith is similar. Christianity and counterinsurgency are offensive and defensive. We have to be right in our faith with God, accountable, submitted, repentant, totally aware of the salvation that we have in Christ and the opportunity that presents. And in that defensive posture where we get right, we can then go and do good things, show him to the world. Christy, defensive operations, what things come to mind? Well, I have to draw back to your book, 40 Days to uh, Courageous Christianity, and uh, one of the devotionals in it is put your armor, put on his armor, day 13. And I, I'm looking back at mine, uh, my page here, and I actually, through it, I drew the breastplate, and I drew the, the belt of truth, and I drew the righteousness. I, I don't know what my picture shows right now, but it says righteousness, and the sword with spirit, and the helmet of salvation, and that defensiveness, it's its like what I gained from the word and drawing back to what I said before, I've been empowered. It's like I've got armor now to be able to go out and, and speak more confidently and fearlessly. And so because I gained that from the word, I'm stronger. And it's its this, you know, armor that protects me. Absolutely. It's like I talked about uh, two weeks ago in our show, I say grace wherever I am. Yeah. <clears throat> At first, I questioned whether I should do that and then decided I didn't care. Mm-hmm. I will pray to my God, thank my God, and wherever I am, whenever I choose to. And, and those little acts empower you because even when you, I've seen you do that, it empowers me to say, hey, that's another thing I can do to show my love for God. Right. And it's done in love. Right. I'm not trying to stick anything in anybody's face. Right. I'm just saying, this choice. is me. Yeah. And you you be you, and I'll be me. Um, some notes I have here about defensive actions. Reading your Bible, drawing near to God, resisting evil in your personal life, staying away from the enticements of the flesh and the ego, striving for strong marriages, raising good children, and working hard and honestly. We have a moment of truth in every show where we take a scripture which informs the day's topic to show that the Bible is a living and breathing document given to us by a loving Father. Today's moment of truth comes from 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Friends, Christianity and counterinsurgency are about declaring the praises of him who called us all out of the darkness. With our lives, our actions, and our words, we testify to those in darkness about the light. It is not by force or ridicule that we glorify our God. I have said that until people ask the question, they are not ready to hear the answer. We must strive to live lives which cause those in darkness to ask, What is the reason for your joy and peace? Why are you not worried? 
Why are you willing to help me though you don't know me? Why aren't you angry when everyone else seems angry? And when they ask these or questions like these, be ready to give an answer. Christy, is that leadership by example? That's exactly it. Exactly where I was going. This has been a moment of truth in a world of lies. So we're talking about the opportunity that we have as Christians to go forth on this battlefield where the world puts us to decisions about our faith and to state courageously, peacefully, God's truth, first with the way we conduct ourselves and second with our words. That, to me, is going and making disciples of all nations. Your thoughts? Yeah, um, I, I just think, I keep drawing back to the intentionality of the actions that we take for God and those choices that we draw upon. To know why you're out there, why you're outside the why, or why, are you out, why you're on the battlefield. Well, I think the why is important, but knowing that there are things that we can do that, um, you know, even in doing those actions, draw us closer to God. So sometimes we, we may not know really why, but if we can hear somebody like yourself saying, you know, read the Bible, do these things, as we go back to the, the choices that you said earlier, right. um, drawing near, et cetera, then sometimes that leads us to the why. And that might be for another show. <laughs> well, absolutely. It could be for another show, but it's an important part of the Christianity counterinsurgency understanding, which is discernment. Like I wondered about, was it appropriate to say grace? And we come across those things all the time. And so I spent a lot of time thinking about what is discernment. And in my mind, there's what you do, why you do it, how you do it, and when you do it. And men care about one or two of those things, possibly some of the time, but God cares about all of them all of the time. Mm, yeah. So as you contend on this battlefield through defensive operations, you're no longer on your back foot. You're standing firm in your faith. On the narrow road that leads to Christ, those coming towards you in the opposite direction will have to go around you. It's not for you to throw yourself in the ditch, but as you meet them at that intersection in your opportunity is God's classroom. And in trying to understand how to step forward, you ask yourself the why, the when, the how, and the what. So if the what is to glorify God, and the why is so that others may know him, and the how might be to be kind in a situation where you don't feel kind, or to be forgiving when you don't feel forgiving, the when might be now, or it might be the patience of faith, which says, not now. This isn't appropriate. Another time, when they ask the question, then I'll be ready to give an answer. And Scripture tells us that we should be ready to make an account of our faith. So, drawing toward the end of the show today, what are your thoughts with regard to counterinsurgency 
and the Christian battlefield. I think you've said it not today, maybe in another show um, or when we've spoken that it it really is simple, but it's not necessarily easy. Um, but when we have these lines of operation written out and we know that there are choices there that can help us get to the whys, what's, hows, where's, and all of that that you were talking about, then I, I don't, I, I continue. <laughs> it sounds like I'm being tried. I, I come back from to being choice, you know, of, of choice, being of choice. And, and if we're of choice in the counterinsurgency movement, and that can over help overthrow the darkness, the devil, then even one person, one action every day can make a difference. Yeah. What came to mind as you were saying that, with which I agree wholeheartedly, is a French poet named Rousseau who said something to the effect of, man is born free yet is everywhere in chains. Mm. We chain ourselves and we allow others to chain us, but the truth is in Christ we are free. And what is our heart's response to his love and what is our response to that freedom? And for me, it's counterinsurgency and to talk to others who are in darkness because when I report to the combat outpost in the sky, I'm not going to show up alone and have God say to me, where's everybody else? I couldn't imagine doing that in Afghanistan, leaving my Marines out there, and I can't imagine having been given all that we've been given to show up there and have not talked to everybody we could about the love of Christ. So friends, as we prepare to say goodbye for the day, I want to convey my gratitude. I'm honored to serve with you. Please let me leave you with these final thoughts on the incredible opportunity that we share in Christ. As we engage the world in courageous Christianity, we strive for God's kingdom beneath the banner of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Our actions will credit or discredit him. Matthew chapter 28 verse 19 tells us to go and make disciples of all nations. When we leave our houses and face the battlefield, our intentional and decisive actions in Christ have the potential to reshape the world one person at a time. Every day we can make things better or allow things to get worse. That is offense. And before that can happen, we must also have strong defense. If we are to reflect God, we must know him. To know him, we must make room for him in our lives, and we must invite him in through prayer and worship. To know him, we must read our Bibles and not take someone else's word for who he is. And as we invite God in, we must invite the devil out by resisting evil. We cannot serve two masters. In these defensive and offensive operations, we must be prepared for this battle. It will not be easy. In these trying times, our comfort is this. As Christians, we have two decisive advantages. First, God is on our side. Second, to win, the devil must eradicate all good. As long as any good remains, he has not won, and there is so much good in the world. It is all around us, and the truth is that the devil has his work cut out for him. Encourage that which is good in yourself and in others. Speak God's truth in love. In all you do, make courageous choices. It has been said that the only thing required for evil to triumph is that good men do nothing. As Christians, we are those good men and women, and doing nothing is not an option. 
I always like to leave you with a quote. And Alexander the Great comes to me today. He said, I would rather face an army of a hundred lions led by a sheep than an army of a hundred sheep led by a lion. You could be that lion. If you would like to know more about spiritual warfare from the military perspective, please read my book, Right Makes Might, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity, is available on Kindle at Amazon and in paperback at rightmakesmight.com. Christy, final thoughts. I'm still back on that quote, the lion and the sheep. I'm liking that. I'd rather face an army of a yeah. hundred lions led by a sheep yeah. than an army of a hundred sheep led by a lion. So not a thought. I'm just going to stay with that. And keep in mind, Revelation chapter 5, verse 5, I believe, refers to the Lion of Judah, mm. Jesus Christ. Friends, thank you for joining Christy and me today. We know your time is valuable, and we are grateful. Should you want to reach me, I can be contacted at rich at CourageousChristianity.com. I'm Richard Mendelo, and you've been listening to Courageous Christianity. God bless and simplify. <laughs>